Greetings, everyone. This is the Sound Health Options Show with Richard Talk to Me Guy. And Sherry Edwards is off working on the Sound Health Portal. SoundHealthPortal.com. Currently, you can check out the free campaigns, which is amazing that they have these services for free now that you can try out, see how the portal works. You can go to SoundHealthPortal.com. Click on the Services tab and look at the current campaigns that are running. Campaigns are ones that are free for now. Currently, they have BioDiet, Neuroplasticity, Stem Cells, Parkinson's, and Golf. It's really true. You can get benefit in your golf swing from figuring out your vocal profile, seeing that muscles aren't working or might be overworking. or It's really quite amazing as the evolution of the sound health portal continues, how much data can be shown and displayed and so that you can then sit down and figure out or give to your healthcare practitioner and work out what you're working on, whether it be a golf swing or how your brain works, which is neuroplasticity. You merely go to soundhealthportal.com, sign up for a free account. They don't spam you and sell your list and all that kind of silliness. And do two 45-second recordings right online, preferably using a microphone, just because the audio will be a little bit better if you use a microphone for the analysis. Submit it by choosing the campaign that you want to run. Submit that with those vocal prints, which is all, it'll walk you through all this on the Sound Health Portal. And within a couple of hours to maybe 12 hours, I don't think I've ever waited quite that long you'll get a report back with a full amount of information of what is, in in my words, what is hypertonistic, which is maybe too much, and or hypotonistic, which is too low. And you'll be able to sit down and look at those. And then, as I say, take them to your healthcare practitioner and see what you want to do. It's really amazing amounts of information. You can also go to the soundhealthportal.com and use the nano voice, which is under this, again, services, free voice analysis. And you'll be able to go use the nano voice, which I often use when I'm adding a supplement to my regime. I'll take a vocal print, meaning a voice recording, using the nano voice, and just have that. And then I will take a supplement and wait about 20 minutes to 30 minutes and then take another free vocal analysis and see if there are differences in the print, which will all make sense when you see it. You'll see if something's changed or radically shifted, or you'll just see if there are reactions to what you're taking. And it's really a helpful tool. It's also really good for testing out allergies, food allergies, where you're fasting, meaning you haven't eaten anything, and it's the first thing you eat in the morning. So you take a a vocal print before you've eaten the food, and then you wait about 15, 20 minutes, and then you take it after you've eaten the food, and again, see if there's a shift in your vocal print. It's really wonderful information. And like today's show with Paul Galon, amazing formulator, we're going to talk about mushrooms as allies. This is a show you're going to want to pass on to your friends and re-listen probably, because I know Paul, and there's a lot of information in there. You can do that by going to any of your favorite podcast aggregators, which could be iTunes, Pocket Casts, Dog Catcher, Google Podcasts is coming around quite nicely, and go to any of those and search for either Sherry Edwards or Talk to Me Guy, all one word, and it will show up in your podcast aggregator, and you'll be able to pick this most recent show with things such as, uh, let's see, Stitcher does this. Google Podcast, Pocket Cast allows you to share to others so you can just listen to the podcast and then share it directly to them because there's going to be a lot of great information here. And with that, there are tonics and there are benefits in everything that we're going to talk about in this show. Mushrooms are our friends. Today's guest, Paul Galon, likes to be on the cutting edge. President and founder of Herbal Products and Development. He has studied herbs, foods, and mushrooms, formulating innovative herbal products and the whole food concentrates for over 30 years. Through his extensive travels, he's become knowledgeable in both native and foreign botanicals. Paul has studied medicinal plants in many countries. 
The full range of nutritional natural products that Paul has helped bring to the market includes nutritional foods, seed oil blends, enzymes, antioxidants, vitamin mineral antioxidant blends, fluid extract herbal combinations, mushroom formulas, as well as nutritional chocolates, probiotics, skin care, and other concentrated powdered blends. You can find out more about Paul at his website by going to Paul's Community, that's a P-A-L-U-S, community.us. Paul is joining us today to talk about the long-term benefits of mushrooms as wellness allies. We're here today with Paul Galon, Master Formulator, and we're going to talk about mushrooms. We're going to talk about what I call the magic of mushrooms. They're truly an amazing food, benefactor to the environment, perhaps communicator in the forest and in the world in a certain very positive way. And then also the amazing medicinal benefits that have, I believe, you know, centuries of information on that. My opening question to you, Paul, is, has there been an increase in interest in mushrooms as a power food? Is it just me? It seems like mushrooms are just like, wow, mushrooms. But they've been around for centuries. It has been around for centuries, but the interest lately is mushrooming, not to use a pun, but it is uh, expanding quite a bit. There's many towns that have festivals now, uh, such as Santa Cruz, of a mushroom festival in January when they're popping out everywhere. You know, it's driven a lot by the culinary, but there's also the medicinal aspect, and we'll be getting into um, a lot of these different aspects of it today. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at my dinner, and I, I had acquired uh, two pounds of chanterelles from somebody recently, and I just made those up with some really nice green beans last night and, <laughs> and onions, and uh, they're wonderful um, foods as well, but the medicinal qualities is phenomenal, and we'll go into that as well. You bet. And so I, I think that I think actually starting from the culinary end is great. Because I don't mm-hmm. think in, in this culture, we really think about eating medicine. And then there are other cultures where they make soups and stews or in China where they boil herbs and roots yeah. for, you know, in food. So talk about that idea. I mean, mushrooms are not only medicinal, but they taste really amazing. They're really they're, good. They're, yeah, they're a great food. They they nourishing because the compounds that they've acquired from their, their manner of growth has uh, so many uh, constituents and some of them have a very meaty flavor. They have a uh, satiating flavor like fats and they have, um, they have a lot of characteristics of um, a very satisfying meal in and of themselves. And um, like in China, they'll use uh, astragalus, for example, in the soup or the, Uweji, the um, <clears throat> or the shizandra, or the um, uh, various you know um, herbs, and they bring and they impart the nutrients into the broth because they'll make a soup, and um, you know mushrooms are the same way. I um, have it in two forms that I created. It was one was a liquid extract, which you can just squirt into a soup or a salad dressing or that kind of thing, and I keep it by my stove. And then the other I keep as a, a powder, but it's in capsules. And that's um, something I just use in, in basic cooking, like a stir fry or a, with rice and vegetables or with, you know, if you were having a, a fish dish or whatever you chose to have, you just kind of add it in, in various forms. And that's the interesting thing about it. You can have uh, specific types uh, of mushrooms or you can have them, uh, a blended formula as well and type that we you know collecting and that's a whole other thing is the collection of mushrooms that's a whole amazing that's a whole amazing area do mushrooms in herbally as an herbalist and yourself you think of herbs and formulation how they you know you have the stimulants the cayennes the gingers that kind of thing and then you have the Mm -hmm. kind of the foundation and you have the other herbs do mushrooms formulate together in that same way? Do they have different characteristics that you sometimes want to have a formulation? Well, they're more of a neutral and 
slightly more on the salty, a little bit on the salt, but not much. And then a slight sweetness. Um, they have those. So if you if you go into, um, let's say, um, a system where you look at the five flavors, which would be sweet, salty, bitter, pungent, and sour, is because pungent is a, a taste, which is the ginger and the turmeric and those kind of things. Mushroom would fall somewhere in between the slightly salty, sweet, neutral kind of uh, flavor. So it's it's a it's versatile that way. Any quote savory dishes or that kind of thing almost it could be used in kind of a porridge in a way too. Mm, seems like it'd be a great addition to like a risotto or a rice dish or any of those kinds of. Oh, yeah. You know, those grainy dishes, it just seems like a great thing. I've used it where I've taken capsules and opened mm-hmm. it up over just cooked quinoa with some butter on it. It's like, oh, oh that's good. It's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. They're really an amazing gift um, in the way they grow and the way they intertwine with our consciousness. And that the when you think that mushrooms are growing so close to the ground and what they do in terms of breaking down all the nutrients and how they assimilate, how that imparts to us those characteristics that it's achieved. In other words, there's a direct relationship of the mushroom of how it feeds us, both nutritionally and you know, in a spirit sense as well. Well, the mushroom, isn't the mushroom really one of those creatures? I kind of think of mushrooms as creatures. Um, mm-hmm. More so than other produce, they're really. I mean, they're in the wild. They're really at the sweet spot of breaking things down and assimilating amazing nutrients and breaking those down to give them to us as gifts in a certain way. I mean, they're exactly. Amazing, that, the humic field is wow. Yeah. What an amazing miracle of micronutrients. It's incredible because the it's the mycelium stage of the mushroom. You know, there's there's actually about five stages of mushroom growth, but the mycelium is where it see, it's, puts its, um, quote, roots down, kind of a whole network of roots, like the Internet. Uh, it's consciousness, basically. And that's what it spreads across a, a mat to create a more spongy atmosphere in which um, the nutrients start to break down and it changes soil to being um, more loamy and more um, more, utilize, more that we can utilize it. Um, so that's the other thing. Otherwise, we would have just dead, lifeless soil without mushrooms. And um, there's some amazing things about them and the way they share their resources among themselves and how they, um, uh, they regulate. They regulate temperature and moisture and they're they're really uh, quite a uh, a special char- characteristic of what they are. And is that are they unusual in the herbal realm? I mean, you don't think of comfrey as talking to each other in a certain way. I don't mean a bad way, but I mean it really mm-hmm. seems like because of the mycelium, because that amazing thread-like structure that they create, they really are. Are they more communicative communicative to each other than other kinds of botanicals? Um, there's a certain consciousness to mushrooms and a lot of the work of Paul Stamets, um, the mycelium running and some of his books really speak about that aspect because there's, um, there's so many dimensions to the way they grow and the way, you know, what they, um, uh, what they do with the kind of their own biological intelligence, um, also, the way that they notice the manner of soil changes and the activity of it and what happens in the soil and how that, um, uh, you know, and how the nutrients are recycled. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely a, um, a powerful type of consciousness, really, in the, in the way that they grow. And as we see that, you know, that statement by Whitman, I think, every cubic inch a miracle that mm. we have um, everything. If you observe it and really notice it has a, 
uh, a powerful validity of what it is. And it's just the, the, the way we observe is really the, the limiting factor, I guess. Mm-hmm. And when so when they create their mycelium, they're putting mm-hmm. out these they're putting all these threads all over the place. However, they don't manifest necessarily mushrooms in all those locations. Do they pop up in? Why do they choose to pop up? Do we know that part about? Because they have this amazing, you know, threads of all over the forest, but they're in they pop up in particular locations. Is right. There, Okay. Yeah, it's the way they're seated. And there's the, I guess we should get into the stages of growth. Mm -hmm. It can be both cultivated and naturally occurring as it grows. So the stages would be, um, and again, you could start anywhere in these five. Um, Let's say the, the spores are what seed the stage of the mycelium and the spores are when the mushroom wants to um, reproduce itself in a sense. And they, um, one of the interesting stories about cordyceps is that the mushroom grows through the, um, the worm. It's like a type of, um, you know, it's like a growth. Now in cultivation, that's not necessary to have the, the worm that it grows through, but that's what occurs in the nature in the um, the Himalayan plateaus. Those um, uh, cordyceps are cultivated that way. And the interesting thing is they'll climb up to a very high height, these particular um, caterpillars. And these, as they get there, this is an interesting biological drive, but they'll, they're, the wind will carry their spores far and wide so it's as if they are driven to climb up to a very high height and sporulate the uh the earth as far as it can uh to disseminate its um to disseminate those properties um so from spores um the mycelium come and that puts its forest uh, mat out and the mycelium are what um um, they call it hydrophage, but they, the mycelium are just the huge network that you see from the mushroom. They're actually underground primarily. And um, from there, you'll find little bowl, little, little nods that will form, and that's called primordia. And that's the beginning of the fruiting body, which, um, which will come as the, the cap and the stem forms from that. And then from that stage, um, if they're made, like, you know, if they're produced um, or as they grow in nature, what happens is you get um, at that stage uh, extruded compounds that come from the mushroom. And that's a small mass, but a, a very powerful um, compounds that, that um, transfer a lot of immunity from the mushroom uh, literally to us. Yeah, every time I think about mushrooms, my mind kind of gets blown because they're so – they seem like such a sleeper in a certain way. I don't ever think of creatures in the forest, you know, animals walking around eating mushrooms. Are there animals that are out there eating mushrooms as a regular mm-hmm. thing? Yeah, and um, not only that, um, many, many, many insects, as you see when you <laughs> collect mushrooms, how fast you get them. Uh, depends on the you know the condition because when they come up they're they're sort of perfect to harvest but the longer you wait um, the animals and um, insects get into them and there's um, you know they just begin a very quick deterioration and a, a kind of a composting <laughs> so it's it's a matter of timing with mushrooms as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what are the? Uh, let's move slightly. We're going to go back to culinary, but I want to move slightly into talking about some of the environmental, mm-hmm. the other environmental benefits of mushrooms. Like, could you talk mm-hmm. for a bit? Could you explain a little bit of like 
uh, let's talk about Paul Stamets for a minute because he's published a lot on doing environmental remediation using mushrooms. How does that mm-hmm. work? I mean, I know about him incub- inoculating bales of hay to remediate strains. I mean, he's been a real leader right. in, in that well, material. Yeah. Well, there's there's se- several forms of remediation. And, um, you know, there's bioremediation, there's phytoremediation, which is through plants. Um, and there's mycoremediation is what he's talking about, which is through mushrooms. So these are various forms of remediation and ways literally in which we clean up the environment in the um, heavy metals and toxicity can literally be chelated and rendered inert um, to a degree. I don't know. We, you know, we have a situation with Fukushima now that's quite dire and, and underreported, but, um, you know, the, the, the mushrooms and even uh, plants like hemp uh, were able to remediate a lot of the area, you know, even around Chernobyl, but Again, there's a lot of residual problems as well. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very difficult question. I mean, it, it's hopeful in some way, and in some way we're, we're faced with tremendous um, ecological and environmental uh, situations that um, seem insurmountable, but these are providing um, solutions. And, you know, that's what, um, I guess, <laughs> gives us hope. Right. I remember the last time I heard uh, Paul lecture at Bioneers, he was mm-hmm. talking about, uh, maybe that was the time before, where he was doing some work where they were inoculating bales of hay and putting along the streams mm-hmm. in a particular area. I can't remember. It might have been an E. coli issue that they were trying to remediate. But, I mean, just yeah. the idea that that can be done with a with a thing, you know, that it's straw and fungus <laughs> that are remediating. We're not using chemicals. Well, the amazing this is the, the fungus, um, the particular types of fungus um, will become specific to what is needed in the situation. In other words, um, of, of the many kinds in the area, there'll be some that will predominate. And um, Paul was a master at, uh, or is a master at uh, discerning what kinds um, are optimal for what kind of conditions. And he did a lot of that work, I think, in northern Washington uh, with a lot of the forestry departments there. Yeah. And you know, the would be Mycelium Running, right? which is a wonderful book. It really gets into um, those whole issues. It's an amazing, you know, I, I've heard him speak a number of times, and it's always amazing to hear that kind of, you know, he's a quirky character because he does sort of have that relationship like he could be a fungus. We don't know. He could be a representative. Yeah. He seems like a, he seems like a representative for the uh, Myco family. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and his hat is, is made from a, a conch. <laughs> right, which is a beautiful always, hat. I mean, it's it, a beautiful hat. Ever, and it's, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're getting benefits from – okay, so we're eating great food because mushrooms – most everybody that's listened to me talk before knows I used to be in the restaurant business. And so mm-hmm. I've you know done a lot with mushrooms. I always love adding mushrooms to anything because they add a certain – now it's very hip to use the word umami. Uh, mm-hmm. They add a certain you know flavor to anything, a certain depth. And, yeah, and it's thickening too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what a great thing mm-hmm. to make a, a soup that's self-winding or self-thickening. You don't have to use flour. You don't have to use anything. It adds a nice texture, mm-hmm. and they're just, you know, mushrooms are amazing. Uh, but like you oh, say, yeah. the, the, the cleaning out of the residents in the mushrooms can be the hardest part because, boy, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yikes. It's a lot, and when they're prepared, let's say for um, – if I'm making it into a liquid extract – you're basically extracting components like saccharides, polysaccharides are the long chain beneficial sugars. So they need a lot of cooking. And then of course they're preserved in some kind of alcohol or uh, other base. And then, um, you know, they're finished so that they don't spoil obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, when you're working with them in a powder form, it's a very different um, kind of process, but, 
far as um, fresh mushrooms, um, um, there's so many kinds, the chanterelles, the bolitas, the um, when you go to the mushroom festivals and, and see the amount of varieties in the labels and, you know, which are edible and which are precautions, and uh, it's it's really astounding, the variety. There's literally the, the show in Santa Cruz that took place about a month ago had um, hundreds and hundreds of labeled species, and it was just fascinating to see uh, what they can all be used for, and and how they look, and their appearances, and the the spore forming, the conch forming, the, all the different types of uh, uh, physiological uh, differences in them. It was amazing. I hadn't planned this, but this just floated up in my brain. Mm. In the in the pharmacopoeia, which yeah. is the old is the old pharmacist formulation book started in the, I don't know, 1900s, maybe 1800s? Yeah, that's the eclectics. Right. Were there mm-hmm. formulas, did they have compounding of any kind of mushroom compounds back then, or did they not figure it out yet? At that time? Yeah. Well, you know, they, at that time, there was a very limited range of mushrooms that were even experimented with. And... um I think they spoke of a few of them, probably the Boletus. Um, I, I don't know, you know, because the button mushroom was the one that was the most commercially developed one. Of course, in Asia, it was more shiitake, mm-hmm. and that, you know, brought a lot of cross-pollination activity here. Um, it was, I think it's been an evolving process, literally. Does the button? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to move into a medicinal question, but you mentioned button mushrooms, probably the mushroom that most people know or are aware of. Does the mushroom, right. the button mushroom, have anything going for it? A little bit, um, you know. Obviously, little fiber. We okay. have a slight bit of protein, okay. minerals, mm-hmm. some B vitamins. Right. Um, I wouldn't put it in um, a category like um, cordyceps or reishi or. It's just uh, here, either, turkey tail or lion's mane or <laughs> yeah, all those kinds. Yeah, right. it's a different it cousin. Is, um, I wouldn't be cooking with it thinking that like, wow, I feel better. I had my button mushrooms today. Yeah, okay, <laughs> all right. So now let's talk about the fungi family is doing environmentally. Mm-hmm. Now carries over into. I'm certain it has relationships to the medicinal aspects. That the benefits, oh, of, you know, the amazing amount of you know, positive aspects that, you know, fungi can add to our life is really quite amazing. So I really want to spend that most of our time talking about those medicinal aspects. Pick a mushroom that well, you'd the, like to talk about. Well, there's several mushrooms we can talk about. And the, the interesting thing is the, um, the shared characteristic of so many of them, um, you know, what they'll do. And that's the, that's the very interesting thing is that, um, for example, for reducing inflammation, um, mushrooms have also uh, many of these kinds. And again, each specific type has um, many shared ones of others, and then it has its own specifics. So you'll you'll see a lot of um, shared characteristics, but you'll also see a lot of uh, specifics. And um, the one I chose for my formula, which was Mushroom Power Supreme were eight types of mushrooms, and then one was a compound called Immune Assist, and that was um, six types that were cultured all together. And my formula was more derived from um, um, it was an organic processing on sorghum uh, from Aloha Medicinals, and um, who um, are around the um, Nevada, California border right now. And um, even the, the cordyceps is um, cultivated. It's not uh, the, the wild. So it's not the, um, you know, it, it is suitable for vegetarians as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, you know, the lead ingredient, I guess I could say, would be cordyceps is my personal favorite. I mean, cordyceps and reishi are my two biggest um, in that formula. And, um, you know, it's been used traditionally in the Chinese and Tibetan 
medicine for enormous amount of years, maybe thousands of years actually. So this was, these are really rich in the B vitamins and they have a certain amount of K, which is very interesting. They have um, 18 amino acids, a lot of the polysaccharides, which, you know, the long chain sugars, many of those, um, fatty acid, trace minerals, and they have, um, um, they've been used for blood sugar regulation, you know, with the diabetes, the high blood pressure, strengthening the nerve, they've been used in stroke. And a lot of these have been actual clinical studies. So not only um, antidotal, but they've, they're backed by a lot of studies. You'll you'll find actually hundreds of studies on specific uh, kinds of mushrooms and the amounts that they used. So you know that's the PubMed and those kind of things that um, we'd probably have on um, the UnifiedCommunity.info website. You'd find that kind of stuff. Um, and they and the interesting thing with the cordyceps is they survive in an or they thrive actually in an oxygen deprived environment. So that way they're utilizing the oxygen that's available most efficiently, which is interesting. When you have very little of something, you utilize the nutrients. And that's kind of the the whole moniker of how mushrooms um, produce. Um, they also contain glutathione, which is a very powerful mm-hmm. antioxidant, uh, that one. And, uh, you know, that helps to reduce that oxidative stress. Right. So, you know, they've been used for performance and that kind of thing. And, you know, each one has its own uh, characteristics, the Rishi, the Agrarius Blazi, um, that was the one from Brazil, um, the Maitake, the Hen of the Woods, amazing uh, kind of mushroom too. Um, Chaga, which is really coming into a lot of play lately, uh, another kind of conch found growing wild in Maine and Michigan, lots of them there. Um, they're, you know, they can be produced and they're also um, uh, Siberia, you know, is another big region for them. That's probably where a lot of them uh, that started to be derived from was um, in that part of um, Russia, which was Siberia at that time, Siberia, Russia at that time. Um, turkey tail, the lion's mane and the shiitake. So <clears throat> each one of those has um, incredible compounds to themselves and specific aspects of each one of those has been tested. So that's uh, that's the interesting part of that is that each one had um, certain compounds like uh, shiitake had the lentian and um, those kind. But Turkey tail had another um, kind of turkey tail, the, the Trimades versicola, um, you know, had other other types. Uh, they called it PSK, and they had strong antibiotic properties. And each one had those characteristics. So um, that that's how they came about. Amazing. And when you say antibiotic-like action, does that mean that now, when we think of antibiotics in the in the traditional Western medicine way, it just goes in and blazes everything down and leaves you kind of stripped out. It's kind of like open face mining. It just kills everything. Oh, yeah, it's different different uh, aspect with mushrooms because they they don't damage your um, your colon. Uh, they're actually building that. The 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 nourishment of the um, mushrooms tend to. Um, support colon health they you know the the long chain sugars are um helping to uh uh like the fructo oligosaccharides the fos in chicory and mesquite and those things they're compounds that feed the beneficial bacteria well mushrooms have an analogous relationship to that as well so that they feed those uh beneficial organisms in the colon so there's a different activity of the way that they're, they're killing um, certain germs and pathogens and the candida, and they're they're helping our immune system to function uh, better and better. But they're selectively doing that; they're changing the flora, but they're not um, damaging the flora. So, whereas Western medicine would be 
using antibiotics to basically wipe out the flora and then you replace it. Somewhere in there would be something like a golden seal or a coptis or other plant-derived substances, which would be also white, trying to balance out the, the harmful um, species that have uh, overrun the, the, the colon with uh, harmful, you know, pseudonomus, the, the candida, the, uh, the E. coli, the, the various ones, because everybody has a variety of um, good and bad uh, strains in their, in, throughout their body. And it's all a matter of numbers and balance. Right. And the way that we balance it out is the important aspect. That's why I think it's better to um, generally you want to strengthen your body, selectively <laughs> repopulate with good bacteria and, you know, improve your intestinal flora and your constitution. Right. Mushrooms are a big part of that, too. I was going to say, it seems like the mushrooms are really, could be one of those things, since everybody's using the word microbiome these days, since, mm -hmm. it, yeah, since, the, micro, since the mushrooms already have an amazing relationship to the microbiome of the forest, mm -hmm. they seem to have carried that friendly, you know, they really do seem to want to work to us. The more, every time I talk about mushrooms or, you know, like talk with you about mushrooms, it's always like, they really seem, they want to help us out, man. But I mean, Yeah, they, well, they're allies. They're truly allies. They are truly allies. It's amazing. And so it <laughs> seems like you, if you're working on rebuilding your gut health or wanting to have gut health, that you want <laughs> mushrooms in your life to help give that, adjust everything around the edges to help create <laughs> balance. They're really, I mean, they really are striving to be the king of adaptogens in a certain way. Right. It's, it's all about our knowledge. For example, um, mushrooms are, are, you know, they're not candida forming, and yet that works a little counterintuitive to our logical sense because yeah. they're mushrooms, and you'd think, well, fungal, but they're really not. They're not. They don't encourage that growth. In fact, they they do the opposite. And it's a lot of lot of uh, substances are like that. For example, certain beneficial oils like pumpkin and hemp and those kind. Um, are helping the body to break down fats. They're not adding to the problem. So many things, um, a beneficial salt like the Himalayan salt will have a completely opposite physiological characteristic as opposed to a standard standard um, table salt that you might see in you know conventional restaurants. Right. Completely different. And there was a test with 360 people that bore it out in that they went in opposite directions that. Mm -hmm. So things that look to be something similar or, or something analogous to something else can have a completely opposite effect based on, you know, what it is. And I think that's part of the material sciences understanding that. Mm -hmm. And I, I have to veer off slightly. It's not too far veering. So what if mm -hmm. somebody has a chemical, uh, well, I'll call it a chemical sensitivity. What, what I really mean is they have an environmental si sensitivity because they've been exposed to molds. And I'm talking mm. about molds like Stachyborus or some of the other. Oh, Stachyborus yeah. is the most famous of the, that's the black mold that if you see mm -hmm. that, you know, leave. Uh, mm. That. So what happens if somebody has had mold exposure that has, altered their immune system or suppressed or kicked their immune system badly in the head. Are they okay See, using fungal of, um, formulas? Well, you know, in that case, I think it's a little different. Um, I think in that case, um, there are certain other things you could take. And there's a lot of, um, there, well, there's not a lot. There's a few practitioners that deal, that deal with mold issues. And I've, I've spoken with them, um, you know, regarding the product side in, in different towns around the country, and I've learned a lot from them. And um, it's it's a really tricky uh, thing. It's an entire discussion, but um, certain there are certain plant materials, and there's certain um, 
it, it can be achieved through natural means, but um, there's been very few comprehensive formulas that have been um, successful in that so far, although there are some. You know, there are some that, that have, you know, done a lot to control that. Right. But it, it's a very specific um, problem. It's kind of like malaria in a way. Right. It's very specific. Yeah. It's good to know. It's really, I, I wasn't aware of, and I think that's really a good thing to know about the candida, that it's not a, that it's a candida, you know, antagonist. Right. Right. And it's yet really it would seem the opposite. And yeah. most people believe it to be the opposite of what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's really mm-hmm. good to know. But the mold thing is a tricky, I, I worked in remediation and Boy, when mm-hmm. people have had a mold exposure, it can be – it's a tricky realm. You can rebuild, you know, with mm-hmm. other protocols and ozone and all sorts of things to benefit the body. Yeah. Man, it's a, gnar- it's a gnarly situation. So they're really yeah. – the mushrooms are really – not only are they allies, they're adaptogens, so they're really immune, immune modulators. And exactly. That, and so they're really – if it's too high, it brings it down. If it's too low, it brings it up. So they're really mm-hmm. wanting to help bring us into homeostasis. And health. They are, yeah. And that's the immune regulation. And a lot of the, um, you know, cancer protocol involves certain compounds of the mushrooms. And that repeats itself in a lot of the clinical literature because the mushrooms tend to be immunomodulating. And that's the interesting thing is that physiological relationship of the of the mushroom and the way that it grows and how that imparts that to us in strengthening our immune system just like it strengthens its immune system in the way it grows and that's one of the interesting analogous things about mushrooms i think part of i think as we're talking i'm really i i hadn't really connected the dots that it's so beneficial to the gut that it makes sense mm-hmm. that it would be a positive immunomodulator just based on the fact that it's making our gut so much healthier. And that's sort of the mm-hmm. foundation of our, you know, health that it's going to be overall beneficial. You know, if you have a, if you have a healthy gut, it's hard to be sick. Really. Exactly. You have your resistance and that's the, the thing about it is this, this crux of the matter is that the, they're imparting our resistance to be stronger mm-hmm. and you know, they're strengthening it and they're strengthening it. And not everybody thrives on mushrooms as much as the next person. I mean, everybody's different and that's the, the biochemical uniqueness of each person. So you, it's hard to make a blanket statement about anything, but um, mushrooms in general are very beneficial to most people. Mm-hmm. And, in many, many situations. So probably why in China and many countries, you know, in that area and Japan, so certainly, of course, in Europe, it was a big tradition. And, and this is what people did to strengthen themselves. And this is what they collected in the wild. And, and that brought them that connection with nature and being out there to collect them as part of their meals. And, you know, there's, Something about coming in, uh, the rain and all of that, to feel your, you know, your immune system kicking in and making a warm meal and getting getting warm and and getting nourished from having these mushrooms and uh, as as a, as a meal. Well, and spending that time in nature is hard to go yes. wrong. Exactly. Yeah. I'm not talking yeah. about floods and thunderstorms and that. I just mean in a general sense, uh, you know, spending time. Oh yeah, this can be a little much. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be. That's yeah. So, I have a, a a sort of a side culinary question, and that yeah. is, what's up with truffles? Are truffles do they have medicinal benefits? And do we ever get to do we ever talk about that? Mostly, it's like, oh my God, I had truffle on my eggs. I can't believe how amazing it was. Is truffle some like magic? Thing? Well, they were harvested in France uh, by pigs being able to literally root them out, you know, mm-hmm. by by their sense of knowing and getting them. So the, it was the rarity of them. Truffles are one of those rare um, foods that's in a you know, it's like a a fine wine that only a certain amount was made. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's, it's, um, you know, at this point, it's a very, you know, um, revered food because it's, it's, it's rarer, you know, than anything else. I haven't worked with truffles that much, Yeah, yeah. but, um, you know, I'm sure they're wonderful food and I'm sure they have a lot of medicinal values as well, but, um, there's so many kinds of mushrooms. David Aurora, who wrote the book Mushrooms Demystified, said that the most mushrooms he saw in the world were actually in Africa, of all wow. places. Really? Yeah. Wow. We'd think it would be more tropical, but yeah. he said there was an incredible rise. So mushrooms literally are, you know, obviously all over the world. And some countries don't um, um, utilize them like others, like... Um, in you know the Ayurvedic tradition, it, it's not like the Chinese in that regard. They they don't revere mushrooms like the Chinese. Hmm. You know they they don't hardly use them. Isn't that interesting? And did we have in the United States? Did we have were indigenous peoples here mushroom farmers? <clears throat> I think uh, people harvested them. Okay. Um, I think the interest has grown though. Yeah. Literally exponentially in the last I would say 15 years 20 right. years right maybe a little more but the interest level now is really high in the states it's really amazing now when I think about in the 70s wow in the 70s man when I was studying mm-hmm. about herbs uh, you know cordyceps was kind of what we talked about or reishi or shiitake but it certainly was not at anywhere as the scale of what the va- – I mean, you can go into almost any health food store today and find a whole shelving area of fungal possibilities, whereas back then – Well, exactly. Like, you know, you find them in the culinary world in, in food preparations and sauces, and then you find them um, on the shelf as, um, as medicinal formulas because of their corrective nature. And right. So you see them in a variety of ways, and that's that's what's going on with mushrooms. It's they're they're really becoming, um, you know, they're really becoming developed as, and and they're both cultivated and and collected in the wild. There's such a it's an amazing. I, I'm back in the, in my mind, sort of standing in in the forest and you know looking at mushrooms. I've photographed mushrooms a lot, and I just think they're. You know, spending time with them is certainly a thing. Uh, oh yeah, in a very positive sense. You know, I I think it's part of where they are, but they're I mean they're at the feet of the you know trees, which is amazing. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's always an amazing. You know, it's never a bad place to go looking for mushrooms. It's amazing out there, and it's a whole world. That micro world is truly amazing. It's you know just beautiful and and stunning. Yeah, and that's interesting for like on the trees, you'll see the conch growing from the tree as literally the body of it, the corpus, the, right. the, the body of the tree. And and then they're growing under as other species are. And, you know, there's such a, uh, you know, there's such a variety of them. And is there some, are, are there medicinal characteristics of the conch that are not in the more... Do conch have mycelium as well when they're growing on trees? I don't know that part. They're different. The conch are more the rishi, I guess the chaga. They're growing on like a birch Mm -hmm. in the woodlands. They have a hard mass of mycelia. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. And they're, um, they're harvested by breaking it off of the trunk so it can regrow. It's a, it's a, they call them polyphores. Mm-hmm. You know, they make teas of it too. Right. The rishi and chaga of that type, those are higher in what are called triterpenes. And there's a compound called betulin, and that's, uh, you know, an anti-cancer agent. Um, they're, they're high in inositol, which is, um, uh, you know, a kind of a B vitamin. Mm-hmm. Then the ergocetrol, that's the one that, forms vitamin D. Right. Um, they can certain kind of statins. The chitin is the, the very insoluble fiber. And they have a lot of enzymes. So they have a lot of immunostimulating um, properties as well. Right. What was the mushroom that Paul wrote the paper on? I think that uh, 
this is public knowledge. Uh, he wrote a paper about he gave his mom a particular strain of mushroom when she was dealing with, I believe, breast cancer. Mm. Can you talk about that a minute? What was that? What was that? What was, um, that? was that lion's mane or turkey tail or one of those, it seems like? It could have been. Um, yeah, it could have been one of those, too. I wonder if that was in the book Mycelium Running. I'm not sure. I remember him talking about it, and that was one of the – I think that was one of the things that began to sort of blow out in a good way, mushrooms, when he when that occurred. And it was like, look, my mom is alive today, and this is how we did it. And, and he wrote quite yeah, a that paper was, on that. Yeah, that was an amazing thing. I, I think it might have been in the Mycelium Running, but he had um, he had a lot of other books. And um, um, <clears throat> yeah, I remember reading reading about that. Um right. Trying to see which one that um, it was, but I think it could be, could be one of those two. Right. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember now, but it is really amazing how they're so. You know, I look at. I, I'm looking at the. In this case, I'm looking at the list of ingredients of the mushroom power supreme. And mm-hmm. as I read, and I'll put the link for this in the show notes. The link for a, a paper that you wrote about all these mushrooms. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. you, you, the foundation of what you're talking about is your formula, but you give an amazing amount of information about these mushrooms. And yeah, well, the, you know, the ancillary information on this is very vast, and um, uh, you know, that's kind of a um, that's kind of one of the um, aspects to them. Okay. Okay. Um, so, um, that's another, you know, aspect of the mushrooms. Yeah. They're really, you know, they're just a powerhouse. I mean, just as I look down the list of, of things about, you know, DNA protectors, you know, immune modulators, anti-inflammatory, anti-allergen, enhancing digestion, you know, blood sugar. I mean, they just seem to be such amazing allies to help our bodies be stronger and be healthier. That uh, it's it amazes me that it's taken me that you know I've been using mushrooms on and off for years, but now it really makes me want to you know use them on a daily basis and have long term health because you can't. Yeah, to go well, wrong. they they all have um, they all do such uh, they all have such a level of a, a modulator you know of how they're just correct corrective to the body and um, what they fill in that we we might be lacking. And how they balance our, our blood sugar. I mean, that's that's another aspect of them. And, you know that. You know, when you're balancing the blood sugar and you're utilizing oxygen more effectively, you're you're getting better breathing. You're getting um, you're getting a lot less fungal overgrowth, the candida, because your sugar regulation is more controlled. Your insulin. You know your. Mm-hmm. Um, you know so. When you start looking at it, you see the circulation improving, and that, of course, is the heart function and the circulation. And, um, you know, the shiitake, you know, cholesterol reduction, legendary for that. They also create vitamin D, and vitamin D has so many, many, many properties in formation with uh, calcium and magnesium, which are so important to the body. But uh, each one, not only in the nutrients that it contains, but what they do is is pretty remarkable. And you can take whether it's the shiitake or the lion's mane, and the lion's mane has the memory and the nerve growth factors and the neuroprotective qualities. And um, that was the latest addition to the formula. The uh, Mushroom Power Supreme was the uh, lion's mane. And, I'm just I'm getting more and more and more and more of a deeper appreciation. Of course, I've been using Lion's Mane Fresh for for many years, but I've just incorporated that into the last um, the last couple of years into the last batches. Anything so, we can do for, particularly in this political environment, for anything we can use for our nerves is excellent. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's good. I mean, there, you know, oh. It's fortifying, and you know that's one of the characteristics we we need to have is this long term stamina and this fortification 
mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know we're in it for the long haul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it'd be nice to be you know functional during ninety eight percent of that long haul. Exactly. Longevity. Yeah, yeah. We're all getting older. This is how it happens. We all get older, and you know it's good to be you know functional while being older. And functional, and and you know making us into a you know, moving us more into a better optimal state of however our health is taking um, as opposed to what happens in the whole world of um, pharmaceuticals and, and what that's doing to people with the brain, the brain chemistry changes that, you know, people don't really want to talk about with um, pharmaceutical drugs because they're, they're not endogenous to the liver. The liver's trying to process something that it can't. So pharmaceuticals are very difficult for the body to understand and utilize, whereas something like mushrooms or plant material is very much in accord to our bodies, all of our bodies, in that we we process it. It runs through the all of our digestive system and through our um, liver and through our body organs and it's utilized because our body can translate that knowledge of knowing what it is as opposed to a substance that it's it's foreign to our, our body. So mushrooms are very beneficial. We've we've evolved with them in a sense. Well and it may in a certain way, back to being in the forest, you know, it makes sense because you're actually in the forest uh I can't remember the name of the woman, but I attended a conference in uh, Point Reyes last year called Call of the Forest, where the doctor who was speaking was talking about the beneficial esters of being in the forest. She was done a lot of research in Japan and how being Mm -hmm. in the forest in Japan, they actually have areas where you go and you go to the forest. You're going into preserves where you're actually there intentionally to inhale the, the esters from the trees. And that shows oh, wow. immune modulation. So if we're doing the, you know, I think we're doing the same thing when we go into the forest here. And, you know, we're getting all those amazing, you know, esters that are happening, whether they're from the mushrooms or through right down the mm-hmm. roots or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, it's an amazing, you know, we should be in relationship with nature. Nature's really trying to work with us. In exactly. Spite of, in spite of yeah, our actions. Yeah, with the sense and the sounds of the woods and the forest of what that does to our our body and our senses, it it's uh, it's as if we're taking um, you know essential oils. Basically, mm-hmm. we're 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 actually when we're in the forest, we're in a sense we're inhaling those essential oils, and uh, as opposed to something like peppermint or an oil that you could apply, these are these are esters of the trees and, and the plants in the area where, well, where the plants and it could be the mushrooms are growing and yeah. have their own unique uh, characteristics of each, each forest we go in there. It's always exciting. And uh, you know, what's available, what's pollinated, for example, by the bees in the area where they, where they go to collect their pollen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it, it's it's a very complex uh, ecosystem that we live in. Um, it's still it's still being understood. And the mushrooms just keep doing what they're doing. I mean, they really, in a certain way, I, I talk a lot about the idea of you know whole foods, meaning not things that are broken down mm-hmm. or you know not broken apart. But and mushrooms seem like that, like up in the they should be in the food pyramid in the sense that they are like really an amazing whole food with just a myriad amazing amount of micronutrients that are really fabulous for us. Oh, they are. Yeah, and they have so much, uh, you know, just to offer with, with, yeah, with their properties. Yeah, um, they, are, they are a whole food. <laughs> they're a whole food. They're the ultimate whole food, and they taste really good. Wow. Oh, yeah. What a bonus yeah. round. Wow. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing is, you know, you can, you know, we have the opportunity to have both medicinal foods, um, mushrooms found in the in the wild that we, we make foods with, <clears throat> and, 
<laughs> and whatever our creativity yields for mushrooms. Yeah. I mean, we have so many ways we can prepare them. Yeah, and they taste so good. Um, I'm I'm stunned to find that we're rolling around to the end of our time. Um, oh my where God. can where I know where can people find out more about the mushrooms <clears throat> and also do tell people about Unified Community because I think that's a mind blowing resource of free information. So tell us okay, you know, well, how people the, find everything. Okay, so the mushrooms are found right now, and we'll be linking to the Unified Community, which I'll, I'll get to in a second, but. Um, the mushrooms are found in herbprod.com. That's H-E-R-B-P-R-O-D, as in herbal products, .com. And in herbprod.com, um, that's my website of all of my products and writings on everything. There's literally a write-up on everything. Um, the mushroom has a two-page profile under capsules. You'll see it under the capsule section on the um, – left side of the, you know, by the scroll bar. And um, there's also a space for the expanded bibliography, which has about 40, 40 sources. And there's the expanded nine-page write-up on mushrooms that are a, a broader depth uh, to the two-page um, write-up. And it also goes into the generalities of mushrooms as well, unifiedcommunity.info. And it's an information hub. It has about 2,000 links, and it has 100 categories. And um, that has everything from um, hemp to uh, in independent media to commentaries to permaculture. Holistic Health is about 160 sites. There's just a huge treasure trove of knowledge in there of just great sites of new paradigm thinking or solutions, as I call it, to what's going on in the world, what, what's possible, what, what can we do to make this a better planet. And I think that, that's what the, the roadmap of that is. And there's also festivals. There's lots of interesting things in it. I think you'll find it a worthwhile thing to uh, a site to bookmark. So yeah, that's unified dot um, info. Mm -hmm. I'll have that and in the show notes, and I and I will warn people: have a beverage, a glass of water, or a warm cup of tea before you go to unifiedcommunity.info, because you can fall in there for days. There's well, so much yeah, forever. amazing it's, information. It's, it's really amazing. There's thousands more sites from those yeah. uh, 2,000 links. You, you can get really lost in uh, different categories, but it's a good, quick bookmark to reference a lot of bodies of knowledge as well yeah um third site is another free site and all my sites that are free are no commerce no sign-in and no advertising so they're strictly to be used as a free site and that that one's a work in progress and it's basically photos of plants around the world and the text which is the country of origin where they're found the uses the conditions, you know, there, there's about five categories, and that kind of fills it in English and Latin for it and uh, where they're found, you know, that kind of thing. So that will eventually be a wiki site, and I'm just trying to get the infrastructure. And certainly could use anybody who wants to put uh, any effort into any particular categories of plants. It could be ferns, it could be bulbs, it could, you know, whatever it is. But there's 26 categories and def definitely could use some help. And if uh, anybody wants to help on that, uh, I would greatly appreciate it or curate um, one of the categories. That would be a great thing. Yeah, that'll be a great site. I've watched that slowly, begin, you know, watching the evolution, and that'll be another great resource. And both, as Paul said, both the unifiedcommunity.info and the Exploring Botanicals, which you can all get to, by the way, by going to herbprod.com, and it'll show connections there as well. Uh, but both of the Unified Community and the Exploring Botanicals are just amazing free resources of great information and some really fabulous photographs from Paul's travels, collect information and wandering the planet. It's... It's yeah, that'll be most 
2017, a lot of those pictures will be posted because um, I'm in that process right now. Right. Um, all three sites, by the way, could be gotten to by way of Paul with an S, like Paul's Community dot us. You and I. Okay, cool. <laughs> and all three. So Herb Prod, uh, Unified Community dot info, and and ExploringBotanicals dot com can be gotten through that way as well. Well, thank you so much. Alan. This was great. Really enjoyed this. This is wonderful. That was a blast. All right, we'll have to continue this one. Yeah, this will be. There will be. A, <laughs> there will be a part two. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye.